Well, what's going on, millionaires? You're tapping into the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 148, tapping into lucrative industries using business credit. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's always great to be back. And, you know, the energy has always been a one since day one with us both. So I'm, you know, I'm always um, here to kind of congratulate you on all your major accomplishments as well. So my name is Brittany Brown. Like he said, you know, wealth coach is almost under uh, underrated at this point. I'm pretty much a strategist. I feel like there's a lot of people who call themselves experts and professionals and things like that, which I'm not knocking them. But I'm pretty much everything that I'm doing is based off a of strategy. So um, I'm just here to kind of train them, um, train the masses, and just really teach people things of, you know, hurdles that I actually encountered. Nothing that I'm doing, I've I was taught. I actually went through it myself. I heard a whole bunch of talking, a whole bunch of people who are on Instagram acting like gurus, but it's all it's all a facade to be honest. And I just I really want to help myself and my people and my friends and family and strangers, people who really want the help. And during this pandemic. I have, too, ran through different hurdles and had to restart and revamp on my own, to be honest. So what I do now, like I said, is pretty much just as a strategist, you know, I'm pretty here to pretty much here to design and achieve the um, overall come up. So it's an honor to be here. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. I'm your host, Kai Speaks, and this is the world's most trusted podcast for passion, attraction, and you are in the right place if you are here looking for money-making tips and tricks to just living a more passionate life. Now, today we have our guest on the show. We have Brittany Brown, the investor Brit, who is joining us, and uh, Brittany is an investor, uh, credit repair coach, wealth coach serial entrepreneur, you name it, she's got it going on. So um, you heard a little bit about Brittany and her journey um, and why she does what she does. But Britt, with you being a vet on the show, I do want to just dive straight in, right? So I want to start off by referencing this old tweet. I was scrolling through my Twitter and I saw a tweet from 2013 where I said, I said, I would prefer 60K and be debt free versus a 810 credit score with debt. And knowing what I know now, to me, that sounds like a very immature, uh, immature tweet. Some people may even agree with what I said, but for what I know now, I 1000% disagree because I'm learning that you can leverage debt to get cash flow. Um, so I got kind of want to start there and, you know, and, and ask you, you know, in what ways have you been able to creatively, you know, leverage your debt or leverage credit to be able to fund and, you know, really live the life that you want to live? So awesome, awesome question. I'm glad you mentioned that. I used to do the same. I actually used to take the 810 credit score, but nowadays learning more so about the business credit, I have learned a lot, right? See, being debt-free doesn't mean that you have to have no mortgage and bills or car payment. It means you basically carry a manageable amount of debt. So if you mm -hmm. want that 60K and can manage that 60K and turn that 60K into 600K, then go for it. An 810 credit score could be 15 trade lines on your report with eight collections in a repo. So that's really, let's just really speak facts. What works for Kai isn't going to work for Brittany all the time. Mm -hmm. You might be able to take that 60K because you already have excellent credit. You can have excellent credit at a 755. With, you know what I mean? With little mm -hmm. to no debt. So 
I think that, you know, be very cognizant of what you're borrowing and your debt to income ratio. Of course, excellent credit is um is always going to be, you know, what we all seek because I don't like to do anything without being top of the top. I want the best interest rates. I want the best deals. And that doesn't mean that I have to have 810 credit score. Everything is about the help that I report. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, if people should value what they need at that time. Right now, what would I take? 60K, easy. So I can make that. I've had 60K months. I've had 60K weeks. Well, a 60K week, let me not throw out no false information. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say my credit is in excellent shape right now where I used to be at 800. Now it's like back in the sevens. But the type of things that I'm doing in my business, I could take more investments and flip them. So mm-hmm. at this time, I would encourage people to go what works for them. If your credit is bad or you still owe debt, that 60K isn't going to help you because you don't even know how to manage $60 probably. So mm-hmm. we have to start strategically trying to figure out where are we, meet us where we're at, and go from there. So if you need to 810 to look good on paper, everything is about how you stage the profile. Business right. credit is because my 810 personal credit score is not going to unlock millions of dollars as my business will. So that's, I, I chase a paydex where I don't chase the 810 anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So it, it sounds like you're saying it's really on a case by case basis where you have to pay attention to where your skills are and what your needs are as well. As far as the skills, you got to see if you're able to even you know, manage those funds, right? Cause you can get the cash and, you know, easily use the cash for the wrong things, or you can even, you know, get the, the trade line and get a 60 K loan and not know what to do with that. And then obviously now the 60, 60 K turns into bad debt when it could have been used for good debt. Um, so like, what are some of the situations or, uh, I guess, possibilities people should be like mindful of or wary when just trying to figure out where to start. Let's say I have a pretty average good credit score. I have a um six six eighty. You know, that's pretty much what they say to have the goal to be or or better to get a house, right? Let's say I have a six credit uh six credit uh six eighty credit score and I want um I don't really have no I have uh, I don't really have a savings where where should my focus be in that case? Should I be focused on saving a whole lot of money or should I be focused on leveraging that 680 to maybe, you know, come up on some funds to make some plays? What 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 would you be doing in that situation? See, you have to pretty much everything's about checks and balances, right? So mm-hmm. I'll have to, I would have to know if the debt is good debt. All debt doesn't mean that it's bad debt. You know what I mean? So if it increases mm-hmm. your net worth or has future value, then it's good debt. And if it doesn't do that, then you don't and you don't have the cash to pay for it, then it's bad debt. Don't take that that money just to blow it or, you know, try to pay down things to think hope the score go up. The six eighty again can I don't know what it's looking like. And I would be lying if I if I can it doesn't work for everybody. So the average bank or business bank account or high limit credit cards, they do take you out of six eighty or higher. Mm-hmm. But anything in the sixes, to be honest, it could be a six ninety nine. <laughs> it's something missing that it's not excellent credit, and I'm just right. being honest. But I know people that can get approved with a strong six eighty over a sloppy seven fifty any day. So I would say choose the debts. If you have good debt, then yeah, 
leverage the 680 because you can always build that higher by increasing positive trade lines or um try to take the, the money and pay things down and flip it if you know how to hustle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a good point that's a good point and it's really about learning to hustle and that's going to come way beyond what you and I are going to talk about on this call that's that takes people you know investing in you know, different books, you know, reading mm -hmm. up on, you know, stocks, if that's what you're passionate about, reading up on real estate, if that's what you're passionate about, but figuring out what's going to work for you and then right. maybe duplicating what other people are doing. So, um, I guess that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So in this case, what do most people do from your experience that they think they're helping, helping their credit, but they're actually harming their credit? You said what kind of instances? Like, what do most people do? Right. Like, I, I can't even think of an example, but what's something that a lot of people think they're doing? Like, hey, yeah, I'm doing this to help my credit. Uh -huh. And then you turn around and be like, hey, that's not really helping your credit. It's actually harming you. Opening self accounts. That's mm. my biggest thing. Not a fan of self. Self chime. I understand that the starter cards. You see, people are still chasing the scorecard. They don't really get it. You know what I mean? Mm, They're mm. chasing what looks good. If you want to see a, a high score, your credit go up, Photoshop it. Let's really focus on the health. Health brings wealth. You don't want to be wealthy and unhealthy. It doesn't go. It goes hand in hand. So I mm. say that to say, adding a safe a self account is basically have it's like a secure right account. Right. Once you pay that amount off, self is going to close. So it's only a temporary boost. I'm not telling you what somebody told me. I'm telling you facts. It does help someone who's looking to build their credit for the time being. It does help someone who can't get approved for anything else for the time being. I know how people have started self-accounts and now there are 800 credit scores because they have high limit cards. So what works for you doesn't work for them. I wouldn't encourage you to voluntarily put anything on your report if it's going to be what we call a term loan. It's going to have an expiration date, and it's probably going to be within a year. That year of history is going to close and be extinct once that account closes. So self-accounts or um, not understanding the, the life hacks, like what card to apply for, when to apply, how many cards you can apply for within two years. Some people oversaturate their credit report trying to stunt. Or they just like, I don't know what I can get approved for. Let me try this. Let me try that. I mean, they, they're flying blind. I used to do that. Mm -hmm. I used to get approved for stuff because I I kind of always knew a little bit about it. But now I know how to apply on applications. I know when to apply for them. I know when not to apply and which banks pull which credit bureaus because I'm in the finance meetings. So I would encourage people to learn their finances inside and out. Get a, uh, some type of expert, someone that knows what they're talking about so that they can look at your file and tell you a game plan that's going to work for you. Damn, Britt. Like, I actually, man, you, you, you hit home with that one because I, I'm one of those people, right? I have a self-account. I even got a Credit Strong account where, you know, I'm paying monthly, you know, just to kind of keep me up in that in that 700 club that I want to be in. And my idea, my ideology is that I'm thinking, like, of course, if I just stay in this range, then once I get my debt to income ratio where it needs to be, then I'm go I'm going to be good to go to pretty much get any loan that I want to. But are you saying like with self and with credit strong, 
granted, they're going to close the account at some point once that 12 months is up. But when they close mm-hmm. that account, are, are you losing, are you losing points? I know you lose the, 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 the history, but are you going to lose points once that account closes? You will. Yep. Um, it depends on how strong your account is. Normally, anytime an account closed, the history goes with it. So if that history got you to what you needed, then when they take it away at this point, it's going to cause some type of trigger. Now, I don't know. I can't, I can't sit here and say for everybody because mm-hmm. somebody could go out and buy three trade lines and have four primaries from a self-account. And now that self-account closing out is not a big impact, right? Normally, a self-account is, is pretty low. It's not 25000 that can you hear me yeah i can hear you hello yeah i can hear you can you hear me we can still hear you hello yeah we can still hear you hey can you hear me i sure can i'm not sure i can't hear you but you can hear me so we good yeah i can hear you hello okay all right, cool. So, um, so yeah, what works for you isn't going to work for the next person. So I can't sit here and say that, you know, somebody can have three trade lines and four primaries from mm-hmm. a self-account. So when that self-account closes out, it might not impact them just as much. It might, it might impact someone who has a self-account and maybe a Capital One card or maybe, a, you know, a starter card. So I would say that um, it's just like, you know, our weight. If, you know, if you look good in your clothes and the scale says you're 150, but you have diabetes or you have gout or you have something going on with your nutrition, don't focus so much on your numbers. Focus on the health so that you can pretty much, you know, have like more so longevity. So adding a self-account, I won't say it's bad. Would I ever recommend my clients doing it? No. However, if you are just starting out, like what you're doing, Kai, is not a bad thing, but I know that it's going to close out soon. So you should definitely, um, let me teach let let me help you t- with a hack so that mm-hmm. when it does closes you're good yeah yeah i'm definitely going to need to to get get um get to you with that <laughs> hack as oh man you can't hear me you can't you can't hear me at all like i can hear you but you can't oh, hear man. me i mean i can i'm trying to read your lips <laughs> man i don't know cuz i'll be slurring i'm from philly you know i'm going to Ah, that's, that's, that sucks. That sucks. All right. Um, let me see here. We have some technical difficulties, man. Uh, probably leave and then come back and see if that helped. I don't know. Try to leave and come back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You want me to do that? Okay. Yeah. All right. So while we waiting for Britt to come on, man, she giving up some game, which I'm so... I don't know what's going on here, why we can't hear her, but um, we're going we gonna to see if we can get this popping. So here come Britt. Britt coming back. Uh, guest is in green room. I'm back. You back. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Oh, All man. Right. They don't want us to be great. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> you were spitting some gas, too, but I was saying I definitely going to have to come to you because what you're saying right now makes a lot of sense, and I'm even thinking that Self and Credit Strong, like both of these these apps as tools for a lot of people who are, you know, building credit, you know, like those secure cards and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it are, would you say that these are like the primary methods that someone can use if they're in a situation where they have no debt, they have no negative items, but they still flow in around that 600 credit score. Pretty much is what it looks like is they don't have any history. Uh, would you say that those are probably the, it's probably the best time that you want to be using those types of of um, of uh, plays or hacks? Uh, no, honestly, everything about credit is based off a of relationship. Mm-hmm. So have a relationship with a bank. Mm. You can be a 16 row with no credit and can get a secure card because your money's going to talk to you. So why add that money or whatever you have to get for these starter self accounts? I'm not knocking self and I don't want anyone that's representing self to think that I'm, you know, attacking them. It's kind of like adding your light bill to your credit report or your Comcast or your report. Once you move in wherever location don't take Comcast, now that report is going to say you don't make any payments anymore. So now they're going to reach out like, hey, haven't made a payment. We, we can't report it next month. Now it's looking as like a derogatory. You don't pay your bills. Mm. You voluntarily added this to your report. Something so much has happened when you can't make that payment or something happens, they close the account out. Now it's a derogatory mark. We can't put ourselves in situations for people to say we didn't pay something. Right. A bank, you can talk to them. You can have a relationship with them. You can explain to them. You can talk to the underwriter. You can get the underwriting guidelines. Then you can move on from one bank to the next bank. So I would encourage anyone who don't have any type of credit or maybe you just came to the country and you don't know where to start. Get with someone that can tell you what's best for your score, even if it's a dash and you don't have a score. Because what happens is you can piggyback off of some other kind of account. It doesn't have to be a trade line for somebody. It can be something different. You know, maybe um, the rental history or things like that. Something that comes on your account as closed but gives you that history, that two years is a trade line, that puts you on the score. If you go from a zero, normally it gets you like 650 points. Now you're at a 650, now you can build from there. You can open up a starter account with like a Capital One card or a Discover It card or Secure card or something, first progress, something that's going to allow you to give them $200. Now that's going to boost you, probably get you to the 700s. Now we got two strong primaries. Now we built from there. Mm -hmm. Self, Credit Strong, um, my jewelers, they still have that around or whatever. Again, not an attack. What you're doing is not wrong. But we got to start spreading awareness because when that account closes, your, your square drop, the first thing you're going to think about is what did I do wrong? Pay right. the account off all the time. Right. And it's like, okay, well, it was open. You have to use it when it, it's like a trade line. You buy a trade line, you got to use it. What do you? What is the purpose of this trade? You buy a house, buy a car, buy and get a credit card. You cannot just let it fumble and sit on your report. It's going to be extinct in 90 days. Or mm-hmm. 60 days, depending on the trade. So you got to use it for what you got to use it for to get what you want. So when that account closes out, because it will, it's not yours, then at least you know that it won't really affect you as much. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just understanding that it's temporary. It's not a, yeah. oh, yeah, I got this thing, so now my credit's always going to be good. It's definitely not that. Uh, it's a temporary solution. And I, and I, I think I went into there. I definitely went into that uh, understanding that it was temporary and understanding that, okay, I got 12 months to get everything right and getting things to where I needed to be. So I can make these certain plays. Um, speaking of plays, right. You know, uh, I will, I really want to have this conversation, Britt, because I think nowadays 
with there being so many things people are interested in tapping into like Airbnb or real estate or trucking and all these industries that it wasn't possible for most people to get into because of the upfront investment where now people are learning or getting catching wind to the fact that just being more credit conscious can put those types of industries closer in your, in your hands. Um, so like, how can you make, how can you really make credit, you know, uh, worth the, uh, or how can you really use credit to make those types of investments more obtainable? Uh, is it, is this like a long-term game? Is this like a short-term strategic game that we're playing? Um, obviously, you know, we, we gonna want to come to you because whatever you say right now, I'm just like, Hey, give me, give me some more so I can, once we done with this call, I could be like, okay, I got to go to Brit for this, this, and this. <laughs> so hit, lay it on us. What's the, what's the, what's the blunt, the blunt and honest truth. Anytime you're okay. So anytime you are looking to make an investment, you have to look the part. Would you let, I'm just asking you a question. It might be a little far fetched. Would you let your a crackhead uncle borrow money, or would you let a, a uncle who's probably a lawyer look, you know, go to work every day, but a little down and out? Like, you yeah, cannot I'm definitely going to let this the latter. Right? <laughs> if you cannot act to borrow money, if I look at your report and you owe everybody else, you have to look credible. So even though there is ways around investments, everybody wants to know who's the person and are they credible. They might not care about everything that's on your account, but oh, you as an overall is going to be a sheet of paper and how good you look on that paper. So always know where you stand because now you have a case. If you stand here, there's several factors of an investment. They're going to want to know P&L sheets. What are you bringing in? What are you losing? Can you manage that money? How your finances look? Do you pay things on time? And, you know, if there's cash flow, you don't have to use capital and collateral for everything. But if you're using your credit or you're using one or the other or both, everything needs to pretty much be where what it says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything definitely needs to be aligned. So, <laughs> I mean, it really just sounds like relationships, relationships, yes, relationships. Yeah, and relationships. Because so, the bank needs to be able to, the bank that can care less about an LLC or how long you had an LLC. I think the average person thinks that having an LLC puts them in business. See, America thinks that you are in business if you sell a product or you provide a service. So if you're a dog walker on the weekends and you walk your neighbor's dog, you have a business. You don't have to have an LLC for that business. But if you've been with Wells Fargo since you were 16 or Bank of America since you were 16, you have a relationship with that bank to go get a business account with them because they know you. Mm-hmm. They open up a, the same day. If you have a 680 or higher credit score, same day you open up a business account, apply for a business credit card, you're going to get approved for the card. They don't care if the business is two hours old or you don't have an LLC. You just have to have your organization articles all intact. They're going to give you at least 16K or higher for a business credit card because banks want to give people debt when you have a business. They know that you can manage it. That's what it's there for. They need to use it or they're going to lose it. So they want to give you debt, but they mm-hmm. just have to make sure that you're not lending risk. Is Kai going to run off with the plug? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and so I mean, you said a, you said a great thing about the relationships. On one end of the relationships is how long you've had accounts open with uh, these different banks. But I think with that being said, I, 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 we also need to be clear that people need to understand that 
Uh, the longer you have an account, you know, they know your spending habits. So it's time to be even more conscious about how you spend. Uh, are those things looked at like spending habits and things like that? Cause I think most of us just think, Oh, debt to income ratio, but are they looking at how often you swipe your card and how, how much you, you know, withdraw funds and things of that nature. Are you talking about a debit card or a credit card? Um, debit card. Cause most, most people, most people that I know actually look at credit cards as something that they want to stay away from something that's bad. So let's just say debit card. Debit card um, is, is pretty much not relevant because it's my word against yours. You don't know where, where I really house my money. You only know what's in your institution. Hmm. So your card isn't money that they gave me. It's my money. So you can't tell me if I buy too much wigs or lip gloss that you're not going to give me money. Hmm. However, if it's a business card and then they're going to want to see how well you manage the money and what your cash flow is. So if I'm depositing six to $10,000 a month, they know what I can afford and how I'm leveraging it. They know they can care less about that, but credit when you're borrowing somebody else's money, that's what they're looking for. How much are you using the money? Do you need more money? Cause can you handle the money that I gave you? Or are you burning the money out and you're paying me back minimally? And now I can't trust you with any more limits. Mm. So debit cards don't really hold no weight. It's a liability. Once the money's gone, you have to make more money to come in. And now you got people all in your business. You never want to show any bank your whole hand. Don't let nobody, no financial advisor fool you. You never go with everything. Here's my pockets. Here's my house. Here's my wife's keys. Like, no, here's what I got for your institution. What do you have for me? It's a mm. trading business. Yeah. Yes. And it's a trading business. And it's um, going back on the relationships a little bit more too. Is it as easy as, you know, of course we have the, the duration, right? Oh, I've been um, with you guys for X amount of years, but is it also as easy as like, calling are underwriters really on call like that where you can call an underwriter and like establish a relationship with the underwriter at let's say navy federal is that a thing with the underwriting department normally no but the loan officer yeah i've closed plenty of deals over the phone Mm. especially for my clients i needed mortgages see a lender they want they want to see how reliable you are are you as a potential buyer so they're looking at an overall picture your credit history your credit score your income your cash and your investments, your assets. They just want to know, okay, we have we have two million dollars to spend um this week for this quota. We can give Kai six hundred thousand of it. Why? Because he can manage that type of debt. His credit score is consistent. He has had he's thirty years old with twenty years worth of credit. You know what I mean? Now they're mm-hmm. looking at you as a, 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 a some type of candidate. I think people think that banks are like those cartoons where you go to the back and there's a vault with money in there. No, they're making people pay interest every month. So somebody somewhere has to be able to fund them to give you that money. And all banks don't have long money. They'll outsource it. Navy Federal is a great place if you want a high credit card and a mortgage and if you know someone in the military. But for a business account, I'm going to always go with Chase first and Bank of America second. That's the top banks for business that people can, that on your checks, that on your your um accounts any type of merchant account it speaks volume they feel like well they don't one thing about chase they don't give a credit card to anybody i can't even get approved for a chase card yet and i've had a business bank account with them for three years and my credit score is excellent and they still deny me for a credit card mm. wow. the underwriter basically said that my file looked she said it looked it looked too good to be true i'm like what 
mine is <laughs> not going to change anything. Right. But then I went back and consideration they gave me a five thousand dollar credit card but i wanted that 50k sapphire card mm. so i took what they could give me because guess what they want to see how i am with their relationship mm-hmm. so i'm gonna use the 5k and i'm gonna use it and i'm gonna pay it back and i'm gonna use some more and they're gonna give me more money so sometimes you just have to um and know how to reconsider you gotta know the verbiage they could have i could have probably just kept denial and took it as a you know a chin tap mm-hmm. but no if navy federal could give me forty thousand dollars and Bank of America gave me $20,000, and I can have $16,000 with another name credit card. Y'all can give me fifty k. Oh, no, we're going to give you this 5000 You can take that and run with it. So I took it as a hustler. I'm going to build a relationship with them. I have a business bank account with them. I write checks from them. I have a merchant account with them. Now I know how to play them. But I've only had an account with Chase since 2019, late. So it's it may take some time to build that relationship with them, but at least they gave me something. They reconsidered mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I might have and to come I, to you, Britt. I'm being honest. I got that account in the mid sixes, literally. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. That's actually really good. The fact that you got it in, in the mid sixes. I'm. I need. I might need to come to you, Britt, because um, I, I I've been uh doing a couple reconsiderations after applying for for some some big data, and I mean, it sounds like you are are like this this advisor for, for people where you can make those calls and you know, the verbiage and you know, you can kind of act as an advisor while talking to these loan officers and things like that. And it sounds like you, you having the success that a lot of people are looking for when it comes to talking to these loan officers and asking for these reconsiderations. So, uh, you know, myself included, I'm definitely talking to the millionaires who watching this. Like at some point y'all going to have to come check out Brittany to, you know, to come help y'all with y'all funding needs because you can't expect that you got, you know, all the things, all the, all the things to say, all the language to pull and all the cards to play, uh, when it comes to talking and sitting at the table with these, with these loan officers. So, um, Speaking of entrepreneurs and our millionaires that we have on here, Brittany, we have a lot and we always talking about entrepreneurship. So what action steps do we need to start to take um, this week to get business funding or at least to put ourselves in the at the table uh, for business funding? Um, action steps start with reality. Um, your business needs. Know mm-hmm. what the business needs. You know, walk into the bank, oh, I'm going to start a business or I need laptops or what is your business plan? So I would say the first action is to go down a checklist. I'll give you a three-step checklist. Professional business email address, a website, and a professional business address outside mm-hmm. of your EIN and the corporation or LLC. That technically is a five step. If you have all those five steps checked off, then move to tier two. Tier two would be obviously how I build business credit. I go off the basics. People think that they can have a Gmail account or, you know, you know how people are. We were people at one point in time. Like I didn't, I didn't matter know it all. Mm -hmm. I was still running my business. And and when I, when I was in network marketing, I'm winging my way away from that. Um, And I haven't really been active in network marketing in the last five months. However, I was still running this business like I was uh just a, like like I I'm I'm from I'm a, I'm from the urban neighborhood so I was running like a hustler. I could mm-hmm. I could care less about the business structure I'll do it later. But then I got denied for a loan because I had a Gmail account and I'm like what? <laughs> but my business name isn't it. I didn't know any better and then I was using a virtual address that 
was just, it was just cliche to the bank. The bank was like, how am I going to give you funding when you don't look like a legit business? I didn't look good on paper. So that's a checklist. The email address can cause a deal breaker for your business. And I think that, um, this week, go, you know, look at reality, where you are in business, how's your finance, how's your credit. You should be able to get business funding without using your personal credit or collateral. Everything about business or credit is all in the application. How good you look to the blender. Don't focus on where you at. Focus on who you know. <laughs> Seriously. Mm-hmm. If you know someone, I have, I have all the underwriting guidelines for most banks in 46 states. What works for Georgia might not work for Connecticut or New York or PA, but it might work in Maryland. So like I told you, everybody's case by case. So if I were you guys listening, all the millionaires, those minute things back to the basics. Don't just go on the website and find a virtual address because you're doing it out your house because the virtual address that you might have might be sufficient for different codes like a restaurant or someone who has a lash business. It might not be for a real estate agent or it might not be for an investor or a consultant. Don't use words like consulting in your business name or your investor. Those are red flags to certain banks because then they're going to, now they're going to want to see P&L sheets. Because if you're an investor, that means you're about to come give me my money. And I want to see how much you're making and how much you're losing. Right. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I think a lot of times when we start these LLCs, we, we like to focus on the specifics. Um, we think specificity is what's going to get us the money, but it's actually putting us in a, a small pot um, where we're now dealing with people who have all these things figured out, who have these P&Ls, who have these multi-million dollar companies, and we just can't compete. <laughs> so it's like, to your point, you're saying to be a little bit more broad, correct? Um, yes, in a sense. Don't limit yourself. Don't go apply for a business um account with a certain code that's going to limit you. I make my my business very general for the bank because I can use that umbrella and put some DBAs under it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. And Brett, I, I appreciate you sharing all this. And I, I understand that we could probably talk, we can go on and on about credit funding because this is where most people need a lot of the um the the consulting the most. Uh, but we, we not we not gonna do that. So what we gonna do is we gonna um go, we starting to wrap things up. Uh, again, I appreciate you taking your time out and, and sharing with us and. Uh, I did want to take this time to switch gears just a little bit and get to the portion of the show that I like to call rapid fire. And um, with rapid fire, we pretty much just got the five random questions. You already are familiar with the five random questions from being a vet. Uh, But it's just for us to kind of like just switch gears a little bit, have a little bit of fun, be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun. So, Uh, Try not to overthink any of these questions. They have nothing to do with what we've been talking about for the last 25 minutes. Uh, But let's get it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So we have first. What happened on your worst date? Uh, (laughs) First one. Uh, What happened on um, on my worst date? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went out. (laughs) I went out with a guy. Um, I date guys. <laughs> I went out with a guy, and um, 
I didn't really get a good look at him. Like, he was nice looking, you know what I mean? He was fly. But when he started laughing, he didn't have no teeth. And mm. um, I couldn't eat anymore. <laughs> the teeth that he had was, like, yellow. And you know how the teeth be, like, fighting each other? like Yeah, like, they the just, they doing the damn <laughs> lean with it, rock with it. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, one of them was gray, and he had no teeth on the side. So, yeah. That was probably the worst thing. I know that's cosmetic, but, you know, I was eating, so it hurt my stomach. No, nah, I'm with you on that one. I probably would have had the same reaction. I, I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. All right, sec- <laughs> second one. What What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Um, I would probably stalk Will Smith. Stalk Will Smith? A- yeah, I want to be all on his computer, all of his bank accounts. I want to see exactly how he moved. And still some of his contacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a very good day. <laughs> that sounds like a very good day. You're going to learn a lot for sure. Okay. And probably have a lot of fun too. Right. Who knows with him and Jada. Right. So, all right. Number three, what is something that you get wrong almost every time you do it? Um, pump gas. I cannot remember the, the pump I use. I always, I can stare at it. And I go into the gas station and I have to step out again. As far as like what side the pump is on or like the grade? Oh, that too. I have a new uh, car. So sometimes I'm uh, on the phone and I'm not looking and then I have to turn the car all the way around. And yeah. Wait, so I'm you like, don't just pay at the pump? You pay at the, you pay at the cashier? Yeah, I go inside. You know, now I'm starting to learn a lot about finances. I don't really trust the, uh, my, my cars with, uh, with those pumps. No, you got to As much there. as I don't want to walk inside. I do. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point, it's, especially if you, if you in the in the in the hood, then that's when I'd be like a little skeptical about swiping my card at the pump because I did hear they be having those horror stories of people reading your cards and stealing your information mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. All right, yeah, what I is something? No, Go ahead. Not. I used to be careless, but now you know business is growing. I gotta protect my little bit of change. Oh yeah, no, always. Even if you ain't got it, you should protect it. Um, what is something that you hate but wish you loved? Um, uh, let me think of something different because that was about to come out wrong. <laughs> Honestly, maybe it won't come out wrong. Hit us with it. I hate sometimes, I'll say sometimes. Sometimes I hate being bothered. Like, I know it sounds weird, but it's like, I work with people all the time and their personalities and I'm a mom, you know, my son has special needs and I don't really ever get time to just be with Brittany. Like mm. my, my, I think the most time I get is probably in the, in the bathroom when I first wake up in the morning because that's when he's still asleep and my phone isn't really going off and I don't pick my phone up. So sometimes I don't want to be bothered and I wish I loved being bothered, but I'm not as, I'm not, a, uh, I'm more introverted these days. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, I hope I hope one of these days soon and more often than not, you can spend more time with Brittany because uh, that 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 being with self is an important piece. That meditation is an important piece. I actually just start waking up at like 6 a.m. so that I can more consistently spend time with myself because I was feeling the same way uh, pretty recently. All mm. right. Last question. The final five. Uh, if you were stranded on a desert island. And could only choose one person to keep you company. Who would it be? If I was stranded on the desert island, 
and I can choose one person, Method Man. Method Man? Yep. You definitely gonna get some good entertainment out of that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing else to go on there. They're definitely gonna be, uh, uh, be some entertainment. And if you are, if your kids watching, don't ask, don't ask me to explain. <laughs> That's what I said. We just gonna leave it there at the entertainment. We just gonna leave it right there where it is. All right. So, Britt, I appreciate you um keep being brief and brilliant on the rapid fire. Uh, we're starting to wrap things up. And again, I just gotta say I appreciate you for just joining with us tonight, dropping the gems that you've been dropping on our millionaires out there that'll be tuning in. Uh, so the closing questions I got for you. Let's start off with this one right here. If you could give us a red pill versus root pill scenario, what would it be? What's the option? No, I'm just, I'm 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 giving the balls in your court. You give us the red pill, blue pill, and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put it on the polls and I'm gonna have people vote and see okay. which one they'll pick. I said the red pill. You always want to stay close to the fire. So the red pill is fire. What's the blue pill? Playing it safe. Playing it safe. All right. So red pill, take the risk. And then mm-hmm. blue pill, playing it safe. Yep. There you go. There you go. So we actually going to put that on the polls. I'm going to put it on the Facebook group. I'm going to put it on the Twitter as well. And I want y'all to tune in, tap in, and let us know which pill you're taking. You taking that red pill? You taking the risk? Or you playing it safe? And you taking that blue pill? Which one are you taking? Let us know. All right. Last question for you, Britt. Uh, you walking down the street and you see 18 year old uh, Brittany Brown. What, what's some advice that you would give 18 year old self? Keep going. You headed in the right direction. Everything that I did when I was 18 got me to where I am now. And I couldn't, I have, I have no, uh, I have no detour that I want to take. Keep going. You're going in the right direction. Keep going. You're going in the right direction. Pretty much. No regrets. Pretty much. Right. No, re- no like, regrets. I, 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 I'm, I'm all, I've always been like this and I used to, I really um got out the mud and everything that I had to do to get here, I needed it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, Britt, I appreciate you. I want to give you the space now to, you know, tell us a little bit more about some special projects you have going on, some things you're super excited about. Let us know. Now is this, you know, the space to plug yourself in and tell us some more. Well, guys, I will say this, you know, I- I'm a realist and I just want to thank you, Kai, since I encountered with you i've always been a fan from just your hustle just your you know the way you carry yourself the delivery i see a lot of you and me that's why i always called you my cousin um <laughs> and you know what i mean and we talk the same language and i'm happy that we can still be connected and i want to tell anybody out there that if you are serious about your business or yourself people will 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 be inconsistent sometimes but never give up I'm telling y'all, I done been high, I done been low, I done doubted myself, I done went back on indeed. Just because I, I, I fared what I did not know, bet on yourself is going to get you where you need to get to. And this um business that I'm doing now has expanded in multiple ways. And if I would have got distracted and gave up or listened to what somebody else was doing or went off their time, I wouldn't be who I am now. So bet on yourself, take risks. If you got to take a second and unplug, reset, like a TV, unplug it, knock it two times, plug it back in. It's going to work. So, better yourself. It's not over till it's over. 
not over till it's over. Well, Britt, I am absolutely honored to have you on the show. Looking always forward to, you know, having you back on because whatever we're talking about, we're talking about something that's going to help a lot of people. So I just got to give you those kudos as well. And, um, you know, we definitely going to stay connected. And uh, I know the millionaires is going to get some gain from listening to this episode whenever they are. And I appreciate your patience as well, because we was dealing with some technical difficulties um, <laughs> earlier on, and we trying some new things out. We now got this whole new streaming uh, platform that we're using to put this, um, you know, in front of more people. Uh, so I just appreciate your patience, appreciate you, you know, being on here, keeping it real as you always do. Uh, and as always, to the millionaires, I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show as well week in and week out. So thanks in advance for becoming the millionaires and just becoming the change agents that you're bound to become as you apply the principles that you heard today. Now, if this episode really spoke to you and it spoke volumes and you want to start making these changes and you want to start doing things differently and you want to start doing things the right way, now is the time that I want to tell you all to pretty much take into consideration working with Brittany, right? I don't, and I don't even think, Brittany, that you even dropped uh, where we can find you as well, because I know some millionaires is going to need to, you know, be messaging you and, and, you know, connecting with you for some help. Because at the end of the day, guys, we don't know it all. We're not experts and it's, we're not meant to be experts in everything. You got to build out your village. So when right. you like to focus on, you know, the business plan. You got people like Brittany to help you focus on the funding and the credit side of things and, you know, the wealth building side of things. So let's lean on the village. So if you want to make that change and you want to start doing things differently, definitely reach out to my homegirl, Brittany, the investor, Britt, uh, so that she can get you right and she can help you out. So, Britt, one more time, if you haven't already, just plug in yourself. Tell us where we can find you. Um, what's the best place to, you know, to message you and get in contact with you. So if we have any, you know, questions and we need some help, we can, you know, book those consultations, whatever it needs to be. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Brit the girl boss. Um, and that's B A W S E. So it's Brit the girl boss, all that good stuff like that. Um, also, you can also find me on Facebook, Brittany Brown. Um, I do have a website being revamped, so I will add that to my bio on Instagram. If you are um, local in uh, Atlanta or in the Gwinnett area, um, I do have a location to where you can, you know, come in and see me in this 3293 Stone Mountain Highway in Snellville, Georgia, 30078. I do take walk-ins for credit. Uh, business credit, taxes, home um, funding, home buying, uh, loan officing, settlements, everything that you need is all is all, it's a one-stop shop. And um, it's a brick-and-mortar location right next to the 78 Vape Plaza. So I am anywhere that you need me to be. My business number is 860-329-6791. Shoot me a text. Kai, I appreciate you. I'm always going to support you. I always always appreciate you we always try to team up on something whether it's getting people jobs or credit or something um you are doing some good things and i'm happy and honored to be able to still be in your space absolutely likewise Britt. and congratulations on the brick and mortar i, I don't know how long you had that for but this is news to me so i got to give you your props on getting that set up as well gotcha appreciate gotcha. that so All with right. that being said guys i'm your guy kai speaks you just heard it from Britt, the girl boss aka 
Brittany Investor, Miss Brittany Brown on lucrative ways to tap into lucrative industries using business credit. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum, and drive results so you can live abundantly. My name is Kai Speaks again. Peace. Right, millionaires got some quick and exciting news for you all. I said I was going to make it happen and it is officially here. We are now on YouTube, which means that video content is fully accessible to you all. Full episodes are going to be dropped and updated every Monday and Friday. Same cadence that you're already used to. So make sure you head on over to our official YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Show all the love that you can and let that algorithm do its thing. Continue to put that content in front of you, but all right, got to go. Love y'all.